You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Bryce Kelfer. And unfortunately, Susie cannot join us for this episode. However, we do have a guest joining us. Hey, it's Mike from Count Creepy Head. Woohoo! Thank you for joining us, good sir. We are continuing our month of remakes round three with episode 143, The Amityville Horror from 2005. It's an hour and 30 minutes, directed by Andrew Douglas, who basically just did a shitload of music videos, and it shows. <laughs> so let's go around the table and see what we all think of this uh, lovely little remake. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you as you're our guest. What did you think? Oh. <laughs> I, uh, when I originally saw this back in, what, 2007 when this came out? Uh, 2005. Right? 2005. Um, I loved it. So much so that I bought the DVD. Mm-hmm. And I never watched it again, but I have the DVD. So when you asked me if I wanted to come on and review Amityville Horror, a movie that I voted on, <laughs> I was like, oh, absolutely. And I slapped the DVD in and immediately I was brought back to the very dated early 2000s. And this movie is like a bad music video and gay erotica. <laughs> and it's horrible. And there's maybe, I'm going to say, 10 minutes of plot. Yep. The rest is just flashy flashy screen, creepy stuff. Ryan Reynolds abs. Lather, rinse, repeat. Until you get exactly. the credits. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm not a big fan of the original Amityville Horror, but I would gladly go back and watch the original over this any day now. Because mm-hmm. this was hot garbage. That's my opinion. And I'll, I'll save the rest of my hate for the rest of the episode. I don't think you're going to be uh, in the minority on this one. But Maurice, we'll throw it over to you. What are you, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, well, <clears throat> much like Mike said, <laughs> I, was, I first saw it and I, I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the more I st- the more I watched it later in years, the more I hated it. <laughs> uh, I, re- I realized how bad a movie it is probably after the second watch um so yes i did go out and buy the dvd so th- and that's re- that's how i watched it yesterday or whenever i watched it two days ago <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the, the movie's not good uh i can't say the actors are bad the actors are really good i mean yeah Chloe Barnes Grace is, you know, she's become a big star, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds, who I, I, I wouldn't say, I mean, I would say he, I guess, made the movie worthwhile, I guess, <laughs> you know, I, I, thought, I thought his acting was okay, um, but Melissa George, not so much. <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, she, she's yeah. very attractive. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's good in other things. <laughs> Just not this. 
Yeah, I, I liked her in 30 Days a Night. I thought she was fine in that. But like I told people, even Ryan Reynolds couldn't save this movie. No. Um, this Ryan Reynolds hadn't found himself yet. Well, no. yeah, but still, I mean, see, I, I, I like, I love the original. I'm a yeah. big fan of the original. Uh, the rest of the sequels, no, <laughs> they're all terrible. But looking forward I, to Amityville in space. I can't believe that's real. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm gonna watch it just to see how bad it is. Oh, I think we all. Will. But you know, overall, not a good movie. Uh, like Mike said, Ryan Reynolds was just getting his chops, and I mean, he his biggest movie up to them was what Van Wilder. So. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and like two guys in a pizza place or whatever that movie was. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> two girl, two guys, a dog, and a pizza. I don't. Yeah, know. like the <laughs> two pizzas, one cup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, it, I feel like they just tried and tried to just copy the first original, and that's not how you do it. Yeah, you, you got to uh, something new to the table. Right, you 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 take the main main parts, and you add new stuff in, and you know the director claimed that they brought in new information that was that came out after the original came out. What new information it was? It was basically verbatim. <laughs> well, it, it was the the whole the 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 preacher what tortured the natives. That whole oh, thing. It was, oh, that was the that was the new stuff. Yeah. That, you know, well, I mean, of course, we all know the whole Emmyville horror story is fake. So right. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not a not a fan of it. Well, I uh, I hate to disappoint our listeners, but we got the hat trick here i really don't like it either um yeah i remember much like much like both of you i remember seeing it in the theater and enjoying it at the time and be like wow that wasn't a bad remake to be fair i also probably hadn't watched the original since i was a child so seeing the remake it was like this fresh story to me having recently rewatched the original like last halloween um, and watching this now, I'm like, yeah, no, this is hot garbage. Like it's, there's nothing that I can really say I enjoyed about this film. And I feel like everyone's rose tinted glasses is because of Ryan Reynolds. I, I really do think that, um, even though he's not very good in this, I can't stand him as George. Like, I think his portrayal of George Lutz is horrible. Um, it, it reminds me of like, all right, you guys have seen the made for TV shining, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of the differences between Jack Nicholson and the dude from Wings playing, you know, uh, oh God, Torrance, uh, Jack Torrance. I couldn't think of his name for a second. Jack Nicholson plays him as if he's gone crazy. The Wings dude plays him as if he's a man possessed, which is more like the book. In the original, George Lutz seems like he becomes ill and then seems possessed. In this one... Reynolds is just like all over the place. And then it's like, he's crazy douchebag, crazy douchebag, crazy douchebag. And then, Oh, I'm possessed by a preacher. Now I'm, now I'm possessed. It, it's just not good. It's not a good portrayal of Lutz. And I don't know. I was not a fan of this. You know what did it for me? I cannot find Ryan Reynolds intimidating at all. Yeah. Um, so who was the original Lutz? Uh, Oh, I forget his name. Brolin. Um, 
Yes, yes. Who is a big, burly, deep-voiced father of Thanos in real life <laughs> right? kind of guy. So it's like, he's a scary guy. He's intimidating. And when he wants to turn it on, he can. Ryan Reynolds, not intimidating no. at all. You just hear Deadpool the whole time. Yeah, he's just <laughs> snarky, sexy chest man. <laughs> and it a- just kills the movie. That's the funny thing. I, I brought it up to my wife because you know, she's like, what are you, what are you guys uh, covering next? And I said, oh, the Amityville Horror uh, from 2005. She's like, oh, I, I liked that one. I'm like, you just liked Ryan Reynolds. And she's like, no, I remember the movie being good. I'm like, really? What was good about it? She's like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and I think that's it in, in a nutshell. Like, I remember when I saw it, it was with her, our friend Crystal and somebody. I can't remember who else came with us, but it was like me and three women. And all three were like, oh, that was so good. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I wonder why. There's a scene in it that I always remember that is really cool. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that, like, is my my love from it stems from this one scene in the film. The rest of it, it's just, I forgot about it, unfortunately. Like, rose-tinted glasses. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it just doesn't hold up. I mean, there are a few shots that aren't bad. Like, I will give it that. There are a few shots where it's like, oh, that's cool looking. Um, but again, nothing really that stands out as like something you need to see there. There's no like, oh, you got to see it for this type moment in this movie. And it just falls flat. Like, and, 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 and we said this about Fright Night, but its biggest defense, I mean, it's a serviceable film, but its biggest defense is it's not entertaining. It's just not fun. Like, it's just kind of blah. So we got two in a row of our remakes that are just like, man, was how defensive was uh, Dawn um, of Fright Night or did she watch it? And was she like, oh, boy, she she tried. She tried to defend. It. OK, <laughs> but definitely because, I mean, she does. She does enjoy it, um, but it was a uh, she could understand the complaints that all of us had. So, because again, it's like it's one of those films, and not not to repeat ourselves with with Fright Night, but it's one of those films where the whole cast is good. Everybody, and it's like, yeah, that's a good actor. I like that person. And then you see what they what they're doing, and you're like, it sucks. <laughs> like this is not a good performance. But it isn't because they're bad. It's because the material they're working with is just shit. They didn't try. So, well, you could see. I mean, David Tennant and and, and Anton Yelchin they they were trying with what they had. <laughs> But no, not the not the actors. Even in this, they, you know, they gave it their all. It's just the directors and the creatives behind it were just cashing a check. Exactly. And that's it. It becomes a boring kind of also ran type of remake. And it's like, yeah, that's the the worst. What's an old property that's got some name value that we can cash in on and make a quick buck? Maybe we'll put something new in there. Some fancy music video garbage. But probably not. And, and this film, again, and I know I keep referencing Fright Night. That's probably going to happen throughout the movie because I felt similarities between the two. This film falls firmly in that time in the early 2000s when we were going, ooh, look what computers can do. And yeah. it's that shake. I fucking hate this ghost movement. The super shaky, twitchies, you know, face moving back and forth really fast. You know, that was in every supernatural film from like 1998 to like 2012. And it was so annoying. (laughs) 
or the this one also uh, relies heavily on the we're going to slowly zoom in on a character and then right next to them, we're going to show something spooky. And it's like, <laughs> it's behind him. It oh, it's yeah. spooky ghost. It's like it was cool a couple times, but, uh, you know, like it stopped being scary to me, actually, in Insidious when uh, they do that with the, the Darth Maul ghost or the Darth Maul demon. Um, Another movie see, that's highly overrated and not that good, in my opinion. See, now I actually disagree. I do enjoy the Insidious franchise. I feel the Insidious franchise gets like nowhere near enough love in comparison to the Conjuring franchise. Um but I will, you know, joke along with everyone else that the, the lipstick demon totally looks like Darth Maul. And um, but <laughs> I can't not laugh at that movie because when the trailer first came out, I remember watching it at work with my buddy Larry. And <laughs> when it goes to the scene where you see the dad's face and the demon behind him, he just goes, hi there. <laughs> and I fucking lost it. <laughs> So I hear old Greg saying hi that like every time I see that movie. <laughs> oh man. But anyway, back to this movie. Let's go through the cast here. Uh, we have George Lutz played by Ryan Reynolds. Obviously we know him from the Deadpool films. Uh, we mentioned Van Wilder, uh, the horrible Green Lantern movie, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, uh, waiting a movie that I really feel does not get nearly enough credit. That movie is fucking hilarious. And uh, Blade Trinity, which, you know, meh. Um, we have Kathy Lutz, played by Melissa George. We mentioned 30 Days of Night. She's also in Dark City, Mulholland Drive, Turistas, Bag of Bones, and Charmed. Uh, Billy Lutz, played by Jesse James. He was in The X-Files, Pearl Harbor, Fear of the Dark, which that is a low-budget horror movie that I fucking love. It's totally one of those movies you would have found on, like, USA Up All Night. It's it's not like gory or anything. It's just got a lot of jump scares and creepy looking demons. And I really enjoy that movie. It's it's cheesy as hell. It feels like a an extended. Are you afraid of the dark? But it's really fun. Um, he's also in the butterfly effect. And we have Michael Lutz played by Jimmy Bennett. He was an anchorman, Star Trek, orphan, bones and from dusk till dawn, the series. Then Chelsea Lutz played by Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh, Wicked Little Things, Kick-Ass 1 and 2, Dark Shadows, Let Me In, Carrie, Suspiria, bunch of good stuff. Lisa, played by Rachel Nichols. She was in Sex and the City, Alias, uh, Star Trek, and G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. So, you know, she's got some good credits there. Um, (laughs) Father Calloway was uh, played by Philip Baker Hall. Three O'Clock High, Ghostbusters 2, Murder, She Wrote, There's Our Connection. Plays one of my favorite characters in Seinfeld. He's the, uh, the library police. (laughs) <laughs> like the the book police named Booker. It's fucking ridiculous. He was in the Psycho remake, Magnolia, Zodiac, and the Rush Hour films. Uh, so for anyone who has not seen this or the original, the basic premise is that the, the Lutz family buys this house where a murder took place. Well, several murders took place. Um, and soon after moving in, they are terrorized by the demonic forces within the house. So, you know, it's your hate, your standard haunted house movie. Pretty much. But we, we open with a based on a true story, November 13th, 1974, where we meet Ronnie DeFeo down in the basement of the house. And the clock has stopped at three fifteen. Now that's going to come up time and time again. Um, he's loading a shotgun and we hear a spooky voice saying, catch him, kill him. Which, I'm just going to say it right now. 
when we find out why they're saying catch them instead of catch them, I groaned so fucking loud. I was like, really? Really? Like that? No, that's not clever. That's dumb as hell. But he goes through the house and one by one shoots his family while they sleep. His little sister Jody wakes up and tries to hide in the closet. Doesn't work, though, because he opens the door and kills her, too. And we get the title card. Uh, We get a phone call. Like, this is like a little montage scene. We get a phone call to the police about the murders, followed by a scene of the news and, like, the bodies being taken out of the the house. And, oh, it was the worst murder I ever saw. Like, all that kind of stuff. We say, uh, you know, pans away. It says, Deer Deer Park, Long Island, one, one year later. So we meet the Lutz family, Kathy and George. Uh, <laughs> I will say this. They are just as randy in this film as they were in the original. That's one thing about the original. They were constantly trying to fuck. It's like, <laughs> hey, we're pretty people. Let's let's just bump uglies. And it's like every five minutes in the movie, it gets just ridiculous quickly. <laughs> and every time it's like little kids to you know, cock block to the rescue. Yeah, like I get it. Ryan Reynolds, just stop, please. <laughs> but but to be fair, they did that in the original movie, too. <laughs> yeah. They they were uh, the Lutzes were very horny. Their poor kids are just traumatized. <laughs> right. Every time they try to go to see their parents, they're trying to fuck. There's ghosts in the attic. They don't know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, like they don't stand a chance. It's unfortunate. <laughs> so we we meet all the kids and all that, and they, uh, everyone heads off to school. And George and Kathy head out to see a uh, a new house that is in the, the George can't believe is in the price range. He, price range. He thinks it's too good to be true. And Kathy's like, you know, we have to go check it out. You know, be optimistic, yada, yada. Well, can I chime in here? You left out yeah. one point. They have the quick, like, let's meet the kids. Oh, so yeah. you've got the oldest son. He's, a, he's you know, smart ass and he's a jerk because he's a teenager. Then you've got the adorable little girl. And then you've got the hideous frog boy. <laughs> Which is truly the most terrifying thing in the movie. So they, they I don't know if it was like a joke <laughs> on set or something, but. This kid, like, genetics were not his friend, and he's got this, like, chapped fish mouth, and they decided to put scuba gear on him and have him scare his parents. <laughs> have you seen him now? I can only imagine. <laughs> genetics have not been kind his whole life, unfortunately. Poor bastard. Oh, but <laughs> I, I didn't even think about the, the fish boy thing. But I had to just pause it because it was so funny because he's just so <laughs> ugly. It's funny because it's true, though. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. They, they threw the fish mask or the frog mask on him. Oh, man. So they, they get to the house and, you know, it's this huge, beautiful house. And uh, as they're they're or as they're coming up there, we see the realtor who is like, you know, kind of looking all nervous and, and antsy and, you know, like. Right there, wouldn't you wonder, why does she look so damn nervous? <laughs> like, why doesn't she want to go into the house? But she's yeah, like, oh, like, come on. Having bought a house, <laughs> if there's ever a red flag, it's a jittery realtor. Right. Which is like, telling you there's something wrong with the house or there's asbestos everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't have been thinking ghosts. I would have been thinking, I'm going to die in my sleep. There's like a gas leak or something. Yeah. But as they go around the house, th- this fucking twat waffle of a realtor, like she's seeing spooky ghost shadows run around and is jumping, like getting all scared. But she's still like, oh, have you seen this room? It would be perfect for your children. Like you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Like, I gotta sell this house. I hope you don't die. Like, what the fuck? So we put a rug over the bloodstains that we never bothered cleaning up. That's why it's a bargain. <laughs> right. Well, and, and like another red flag. They go to check the basement. She's like, oh, it's your standard basement. There's really nothing to see. And they're like, all right, we're going to go down. She's like, I'll wait up here. I'm not going down there. Like, <laughs> why is the realtor not going to the basement with them? So they go down, they look around. And of course, you know, we have to pick up the the uh, the clock stopped at 315 because why not? Just to remind you that you know, 315. So George doesn't want to pull the trigger, explaining that they'll have no savings left and the house needs a ton of repairs. Kathy convinces him to go for it, and reluctantly he agrees. Finally, George well, asks, "What's that?" He's right. I mean, just from like being in, like an older, <laughs> pragmatic man walking around, it's just that place is a money pit. Oh God, yeah. And it's like, yeah, great. It's a cool looking house on the water, but you're gonna lose every dime you have just trying to keeping like the lights on in this right. giant old house in Long Island. And there's the fact that like you know he was gonna have to do all that work. Yeah, <laughs> so he's probably like, "Fuck, I gotta work all day, then come home and work on the house all day." But he he asks the uh, the realtor, "What's the catch?" And she finally fesses up about the murders. Um, she tells him, "But the house is fine." And I'm like, "You fucking liar! You just saw ghosts." Like, <laughs> the fuck. So Kathy and George talk it over, and they decide they should still go for it. And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, why not? People murdered there. It's it's cool." So we get a big day one. We see the family showing up excitedly to their new house, followed by a happy home movie montage of them moving in. <sighs> a lot of music video tropes in this. What kind of cliched filmmaking technique can we use to fill space? Oh, okay. <laughs> the old 16 millimeter family video trick works every time. Yep. <laughs> and we'll see that same video again and again and again. And I just had the uh, had a little help from my friends for like the Wonder Years playing in my head the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. So we cut to Kathy tucking the boys in at night. She asks Michael if he said his prayers and he tells her he did. And Billy pipes up telling his mom, yeah, why don't you tell Michael the truth that praying doesn't do any good? And she, he goes, nobody answered me when I asked for dad to be kept alive. And I'm like, oh, God, this movie lays it on thick with that. Like, so th every other scene, my dad's dead. Like, every other scene. Dear God, screw you. <laughs> exactly. So Bob tries to comfort her son in a lifetime touching moment. And uh, she then tries to convince him that George is good people. And he ain't trying to replace your dad. Have you seen him with his shirt off? <laughs> Look at them cum gutters. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it had to be said. But so George and Kathy get a phone call. It's the first phone call in the new house. And it's Kathy's mom. And I love this because she's like, Can I talk to my daughter, please? And he's like, Your mother has to stop gushing over me. It's so embarrassing. And I'm like, uh, when the in-laws hate you, that's always fun. But George comments on how cold it is, and he heads down to the basement to futz with the furnace. While down Please. there... Oh, good. Wood-burning <laughs> wood furnace. Right. <laughs> Again, money pit. But he, while he's down there, he hears voices whispering to him, and we see the spooky clock at 3.15. Just in case you didn't remember, that's when the murders happened. What kind of house 
doesn't they don't they didn't throw away any of the crap from the previous owners that died. They just left it in there and they're like, yeah, you take care of it if you bought it. Right. Well, but I have questions about that too because they comment on that later about the kids sleeping in the beds where the murders took place. And it's like, wait a second. We saw all the rooms empty when they were walking around the house, checking it out. The only room that had like crap in it was the basement. It had some like boxes of old junk. And it's like, okay, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. We already saw the rooms emptied. (laughs) Ryan's going to (laughs) Reynolds. Exactly. But, you know, here's the spooky voices and he looks around and then feels the the vent and notices air coming through and thinks that that's the noise he heard. So now we cut to sweaty George sleeping and his wife wakes him up at 315 for some hibbity dibbity. (laughs) Dude, I laughed so fucking hard at this. I know it was supposed to be scary. So she's she's on him. She's going to town. She's riding to glory. And he looks behind her and there's the little dead girl. Hanging herself with her tongue lolling out of her mouth. It was such a Beetlejuice moment. Like, I'm going to scare him out of the house. <laughs> Look at me. I'm dead. <laughs> nah. Well, yep. It doesn't make sense. Why is she hanging herself when she was shot and killed? She didn't hang Thank you. Down. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. But I was like, well, I imagine that would be Boner be gone. Like, you know, seeing a little dead girl. That, that, yeah. It, but, why, or why wasn't he like, can you just, just go over, go to the left? <laughs> Lean this way. Walk like, from view. Get out of my line of sight. Go go terrorize my teenage son. <laughs> I'm almost there, damn it. Oh <laughs> Lord. So the next day we see George. Uh he seems to be coming down with some kind of illness. He's like just sitting on the can, like, oh God. <laughs> and Kathy overhears her daughter Chelsea talking to someone and goes to investigate. Chelsea tells her all about Jody, the little girl who lives in her closet. Mom thinks it's nothing more than an imaginary friend. Meanwhile, we see Jody sitting in the chair watching them. (laughs) So Chelsea has drawn a picture of some man on her Etch-A-Sketch. And Mom asks who that is. And she goes, I'm not supposed to say. Jody says he's an (laughs) a-hole. She's like, you're not supposed to say that. Shades of hit girl. (laughs) Exactly. So we cut to George chopping wood, a scene that we will see over and over and over again in this movie. Well, they have a wood-burning stove <laughs> True. to keep the house. You have to just chop wood nonstop. And to be fair, we did see original George Lutz chopping a lot of wood in the original movie. But it's like, ugh, all right. <laughs> if you could have dropped one thing from the original, you know, maybe one less scene of the chopping wood. I, I think the director was just there rubbing his nipples, asking Ryan Reynolds to chop <laughs> as much wood as possible. <laughs> Do more physical work. Somebody get the hose. He's just not glistening enough. Okay, let's shoot it again. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, Michael comes running up running up to him with some kind of like messy, uh, rusty metal clamp like around his head. And he tells George he found it in the basement. And this is the first example of we get uh, George losing his shit. He suddenly snaps at Michael, telling him that that's his office and to not go down there anymore. So he scares to the swamp, him. frog boy. <laughs> Stay out of their go, basement. Go play with Swamp Thing. Yeah. Uh, we we need to do part two of that. Um, I love that Ma- movie. Oh, God, me too. 
mom pulls up with the groceries and asks for help. And George tells Michael to go help her. He then realizes how nasty he was and hugs Michael and apologizes. So it's like we get the little moment of like, oh, oh okay, he's he's trying to fight back. But, you know, well, that's about all we get. He's got the dick demon. You can only fight it so much. <laughs> oh, inside, Kathy tells George about how she found a babysitter off the board at the grocery store so they can go out. They can have a night out. She then asks where Chelsea is. And I love it. I love his look. He's like, oh, <laughs> like, how, how am I supposed to keep track of your kids? <laughs> he just looks dumbfounded and they go outside looking for her. They make their way down to the boathouse where they find the dog barking and they find Chelsea standing on the, the bow of the boat, like right over the water. Like she looks like she's in a trance. They get her off the boat and she tells her mom that Jody wanted to see the boat. And she goes, somebody should have been watching you. And I'm like, oh, George ain't getting none tonight. (laughs) You and the dog have a boy. (laughs) So he locks up the boathouse and heads inside. That night, Michael wakes up needing to use the bathroom. And we hear all the creepy groans and creaks of the house. Now this, I will give the film this. The cinematography in this scene is pretty cool. Like you get the overhead shot of the long, creepy hallway yeah, they, they actually make the house look spooky. That's about it. <laughs> because he goes to the bathroom and we get the drooly ghost jump scare. There's just like a ghost sitting next to him like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> making faces. Watch you pee. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck was that? He then goes to wash his hands and like blood drips out of the faucet. So he runs and hides in his bed. <laughs> Uh, so now we get a, a montage of ghostly activity. The windows open, chairs move, there's a loud bang. George wakes up and makes his way to the boys' room where he finds himself standing there with a shotgun doing twitchy ghost face, and then he shoots himself <laughs> in the head. He wakes up, and guess what time it is? Can you guess? Um, uh, 6.30 in the morning. Yes, yes. <laughs> now once again, fucking 3.15 a.m., just in case you haven't caught, caught yet that that's a bad time. He looks out the window to the boathouse and sees the door open as a single red balloon floats out. And I was like, oh, shit, son, Pennywise is jacking your boat. (laughs) (laughs) That scars our boys jerking off on your steering wheel. (laughs) That's the boy who's been whacking off in my tool shed. (laughs) Stop him. (laughs) So he realizes Chelsea's down there and rushes out to the boathouse. He runs in and sees bubbles coming up from the water. So he jumps in searching for her. Again, pretty much the director being like, ooh, wet shirtless Ryan Reynolds. Yes, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poor Ryan Reynolds probably hadn't been around enough to like have enough swing to say like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> right. So the director just took advantage like, okay, you got to take your shirt off again. <laughs> Pull your pants down a little bit more. We need to see a little yep. more. <laughs> We'll, so we'll he, cut it in post. Go, just, yeah, just take the pants <laughs> up. Right. So he swims around underwater looking for looking for Chelsea. Can't find anybody. Surfaces to the dog barking out in the yard. Goes to see what all the hubbub is. And he looks up and sees dead Jody in the window watching him. He then looks over to the other window and sees Chelsea with dead Jody behind her. Like, man, that ghost moves fast. <laughs> so... He runs inside and finds Chelsea sound asleep. He goes into her closet and picks up a stuffed teddy bear. uh, And we see Jody pinned to the ceiling by ghostly arms holding onto her. 
George grabs the bear and tucks Chelsea in, putting the bear next to her. Which that, the yeah. scene, other than being like creepy images, makes no sense. Right. Especially when we find out about the bear later. It's like, oh, yeah. all right. That sure, why not? <laughs> so we cut to George in the basement and he finds uh their dog scratching a spot on the wall where clearly there's something beyond the wall. Like it looks like someone put up a a, a wall badly. And it's like, yeah. There's clearly something back there. I wonder what it is. I'm just going to stand here and look at it. So Kathy comes down to talk to him, and he's a total prick to her, bitching about how cold it is and how people keep opening the windows and how Billy's dog woke him up. And then he goes on about how the boathouse was unlocked, and he found the keys in Billy's room, which we didn't see. So it's like, when did that happen? (laughs) Or is he just like, screw that Billy kid? I think that's what it was. I hate him, too. He's annoying. (laughs) But the next day we get a few things. Billy denies having taken the keys. Uh, The ghosts spell catch him with a K and kill him on the fridge in the alphabet magnets. And George is still hearing whispers. That's my favorite Metallica song. (laughs) George is still hearing whispers or catch him, kill him. Catch him, kill him. I was saying because both kind of sound like Metallica songs. How about you guys? I love catch them with my chicken nuggets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Goes great. Uh, that night, George and Kathy are going to go out on their date. And there's this great moment where Billy is pissed that they hired a babysitter and then gets all tongue-tied <laughs> when he meets Lisa. <laughs> oh, the best sequence in the movie. Do you still, I mean, not, want a, do you still not want a babysitter? <laughs> I, I'm Billy. <laughs> he just keeps saying his name. And you can just hear the Beavis and Butthead and like the look of mom like so so lisa comes in and she's like oh can i take your coat and she takes it off and it's this like small little halter top like belly exposed all that and billy just you could tell he just got a boner and not (laughs) and not once are they like why are you dressed like a hooker (laughs) you're (laughs) babysitting my young son you didn't get a babysitter you got an escort (laughs) exactly and this is where we find out that she used to babysit for the DeFeos before that, you know, that whole unfortunate murder thing happened. And it's like, oh, all right. So she's she's used to murder house. Cool. So mom and dad take off and leave their kids with a random babysitter they know nothing about. <laughs> on their date, George starts acting like himself again. Clearly, the house doesn't have his ho- have a hold on him when they're, you know, not close by. And now, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you guys remember in the original did this actually happen in the original? Like, I remember George was just like still fucked up even when they were at the wedding. And like, no matter where they were, he was still fucked up. Like, yeah. I felt yeah, like they, the house had a grip on him no matter where they were. They played the like, is it the ghost or is it George? Right. Part, the entire film. Yeah. So that I, I, I felt like that didn't fit. But eh, whatever, that's that's what they're going with. Get him far enough away from the house. And he's like, oh, I'm better now. So back at home, the babysitter gets high and uh, then kind of hits on Billy. She's like, do you French? I'm like, what the fuck? Doesn't she like she makes comments about Gene Simmons's tongue? Yeah. And she's like, well, well Billy own. just stands there and just, like shakes and sweats. <laughs> <laughs> just cataloging every moment for later. <laughs> but she then tells him all about Murder House and scares the shit out of both him and his younger brother, Frog Boy. 
And, uh, <laughs> they head up to Chelsea's room where Lisa tells him about Jody being killed in the closet. And Chelsea comes in and says, Jody says you're a bad babysitter. To which Lisa snarkily replies, oh yeah, well Jody's dead. <laughs> I fucking yeah. lost it. <laughs> I was like, wow, threatened by a five-year-old. <laughs> That's a great babysitter. <laughs> and, oh man, I know that was supposed to be bitchy, but I lost my shit. So we also find out here that Jody is the one that got Lisa fired. So she's basically like, good, I'm glad she's dead. She made me lose my job. Fuck her. Tell that ghost bitch to go fuck herself. (laughs) Exactly. So Billy dares Lisa to go in the closet. And she tells him, I will if you give me your kiss poster. And he's like, yeah, all right, whatever. (laughs) So she goes in. Chelsea warns her, you're going to make her mad. To which Lisa thinks it's a big joke until the door slams shut. Billy and Michael try to get the door open, but can't. The lights start flickering on and off and dripping blood. Jody appears to Lisa and then makes her stick her finger in her bullet wound. <laughs> this is the part of the movie where I was like, that's really cool. She finger banged to the hole in her head. <laughs> and I thought that was cool. And that's the only thing that's ever stuck in my mind. <laughs> you know, see, this whole scene is ruined for me by one thing. Like, after she does the whole finger in the, in the wound thing, Lisa freaks the fuck out and starts beating on the door until her hands are bloody. Now, let's set the stage here. In the original, it was one of those heavy fucking old house doors. Like Not a big... the Michael Myers Halloween <laughs> slat door. Right. Like a pantry. On it, it's going to explode. I'm like... Who the hell will hit one of them things until their hands are bloody? One hit and her fish should have went through that. Like, no, that's, uh, come on. If it was the big heavy door, totally would have been a creepy scene. But it gets ruined by that. So <laughs> we cut to cut to Lisa being taken away by the paramedics. As she's a, she's a, like a gibbering mess. She's like, she was dead in the closet. Like, sounds like Rain Man all of a sudden. (laughs) Just a dead girl's brain. (laughs) (laughs) I finger banged her head hole. Like, it's just all fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you just invented a new fetish, probably. (laughs) Rule 34. But she tells Bob, I saw Jody, and she's supposed to be dead. Inside, George is flipping out on Billy and Michael, blaming them for what happened. And he's losing his shit, talking about how he's taking over the discipline from now on, because whatever Kathy's doing, it clearly isn't working. And it's like the worst I'm trying to be intimidating scene ever. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier. Like, it, it's just you can't take him seriously as a disciplinarian. Figure. No, like if Ryan Reynolds was my stepdad and he wanted to get heavy handed with me, I just laugh at him. <laughs> right. Like, I keep just you know, like, like I just like some sit ups weirdo. Shut up. <laughs> exactly. But so you know, you know, mom gets pissed. She's like, you know, he needs to calm down, and he tells, or she tells the kids to go to bed. Um, but before they go up, they confront them about the murders in the house, saying, you know, why didn't you tell us about the murders? And George forces him to go to bed. He goes, run. And I'm like, it's not even what. That's not scary. <laughs> Come on. So Kathy asks Chelsea what happened with Lisa and she tells her she was mean to Jody. So Jody hurt her. But don't worry because Jody thinks you're a good mommy. And I'm like, oh, well, in that case, it's fine to have the dead girl live here. (laughs) 
Chelsea goes on to tell her about the bad man who lives there that Jody wants to go away because he makes her do bad things. I'm like, that's that, okay. That's creepy. I'll give her that. Now we cut to the next. Me, he makes <laughs> me take people's hands and stick them in my brain. <laughs> I don't like people finger banging my head hole. But uh, we get to the next morning where George is punishing Billy by making him haul wood all day. Like, literally all day. He starts in the morning, and when we see him, like, finishing the pile, it's nighttime, and the family is eating dinner. Like, yeah. he's still outside hauling wood. I was like, that's just a tad extreme. And uh, we get this scene at the dinner table where George is being a total dick. He goes, when the body suffers, the spirit flowers. That's what my dad taught me. And his dad's not around to teach him that now, is he? I'm like, wow. Fuck you. So mom gets all sad and the kids are just eating the meatloaf. Like, whatever. Now we cut to George putting up drywall in the basement. He overhears Billy and Michael talking, talking about him through the vent. You know, basically talking about what a douchebag he is. And I didn't write down everything they said, but it was like... They just ran down a list. They're like, why is he so mean? He's not just mean. He's a jerk and a douchebag and a poopy head and a fart face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just they kept going. His and ass smells it... like shit. <laughs> He's a duty face. But then he hears the voices again whispering, catch him, kill him. He goes over to the wall where the dog was scratching and touches it. And suddenly he has a vision of a long room with like stone, uh, like stone floors and gutters in it. And what appears to be sacrificial tables lining the room with like little blood spigots on them. George sees himself lying on one of the tables, bleeding out onto the floor. Uh, and the bloody version of himself sits up and tells him, kill him. Smash cut to George puking. He runs himself a hot bath where he gets in and suddenly ghost arms pull him under the water. We see the arms like ripping and tearing at his skin. He fights the surface. Kathy runs in and pulls him up out of the water. He's screaming, has no idea what the fuck happened, and breaks down. He's bleeding from the back of his head. So, cut to them at the hospital, where once again he feels fine. Gets some stitches on his scalp, and the doctor gives him a number of a psychiatrist. Now we see George and Kathy driving home, discussing everything. She blames herself, thinking she pushed him too hard. George convinces her that he wants, you know, he wanted the same thing that she wants, and everything will be fine. Back at home, we see uh, Billy babysitting Chelsea and Michael. Chelsea asks if she can go get her teddy bear from her bedroom, and he agrees, but he's like, hurry back. Mom and Dad will kill me if they knew you were out of my sight. Mom and Dad arrive home. Suddenly, the teddy bear drops out of the sky. <laughs> it's like, all right. They hear Chelsea calling for them, saying, hi, Mommy. They look up and see her standing on the peak of the roof. So Mom begins running upstairs, trying to get to the bedroom. George pulls a ladder off his truck and starts trying to climb the house. Now, this part was scary because you put yourself in that situation. Oh, yeah. Like, that's as, as a, a father of a little girl, they do crazy shit like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I mean, there, there are certain levels of crazy that you just kind of let happen. Be like, well, they'll learn. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but there's other They'll fall like, off the oh. roof and break their legs. But, you know, that'll teach them. <laughs> I was going to say, there are certain levels where you're like, that's too high. They're going to die from that. Like, oh, man, I'm going to go to jail from this dead kid. Better go save him. <laughs> well, I remember when Caleb was really young, he had this thing about jumping off the couch. And he was he was pretty young. I think he was only like two. And I kept telling him, buddy, you're going to get hurt. Don't do that. Like, don't jump. 
And he kept doing it, wouldn't listen to me. Finally, he jumped, tripped, and bonked his head. And then it was the waterworks. And it's like, well, you learned the hard way, but you learned. I uh, I did that learn the hard way once. And my wife let me know in no uncertain terms, you do that again, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like, then you'll learn the hard way. Yeah, so I was like, okay. <laughs> Duly noted. Oh, but well, like I said, you know the kid ain't going to kill himself jumping off the couch. You know, he no, might get a bump no. or a bruise. Like, whatever. Now, if he was trying to jump off, say, the porch, eh, okay, no. <laughs> Maybe don't let your kid drive a car. <laughs> Just saying. Well, I mean, this is the fall. You know, we can you know, get like, into shit. Maybe your kid doesn't need to know what happens when you make toast in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. I mean, how else is he going to have toast in the bathtub? oh shit so there's a right way and there's a wrong way and you got to learn what's what (laughs) just just saying exactly how else are you going to know what happens when you microwave a can of spaghettios (laughs) you got to learn that the spaghettios come out of the can or they're going to (laughs) taste funny i smell a science project but <laughs> so uh Bob gets out on the roof, you know, trying to get to to Chelsea. And uh George is, you know, meanwhile looking around the house like, where is she? Where, which way did she go? And, you know, mom tells Chelsea to come down, and Chelsea looks back at her and says, I have to go with I have to go with Jody, mommy. And she jumps. Mom jumps over, grabs her by her uh, her overalls, and they kind of slide down the roof. Now that part I will I will give you, that was freaky as fuck. So she's starting to lose her grip on Chelsea and Chelsea here. It's almost like she comes out of whatever trance she was in. So it's like, she's just dangling over the side of the roof, like, holy shit. And is trying to like pull herself up, like grabbing her mom's arm, but mom's grip is slipping. So she ends up losing her grip right as, uh, as George is getting on the balcony and is able to grab her and pull her to safety. So kid doesn't die. And uh, we cut to mom freaking out on Chelsea, trying to convince her that Jody isn't real. Meanwhile, Chelsea's screaming at her, telling her she is, that she's seen her, that she's real. I love this Ferguson George also says, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Yes. (laughs) Which is just like, yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking lost it. Because she goes on, she's like, I just wanted to see daddy. Jody told me she would show me daddy. And then her mom's like, you can't see daddy. He's in heaven with the angels. And that's when George walks in and says that. And I fucking lost it. I'm like, we got this like heavy handed touching moment. And he's like, the fuck's wrong with you people? (laughs) Oh, it's too funny. Again, he's not scary. Like, no. He's the the voice of reason. (laughs) (laughs) And I love... He walks away and he has this look like he's sm- just smelled a fart. Like he's got the one nostril kind of up and the, the eyes squinted. <laughs> he goes wacko family and just walks away. He <laughs> smells the quality of this movie. <laughs> he's like, I hope my career moves on. But I'll we... star in the next superhero film they offer me. That'll save my career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he tried that twice before it finally stuck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But we cut to Kathy stopping by a church to talk to Father Calloway, who explains and, and she explains to him that she's been uh, or like what's been going on with the house. And she thinks that there's something evil there. 
And he says that happened to another family that lived around here. And and she that's when he, she says the DeFeos and he goes, oh, you knew them. And she goes, I'm living in their house. <laughs> but we cut to uh, George and Billy. Um, like Billy is being made to hold the wood at the, the, the wood block. That sounded horrible. Um, and George is like cutting the wood right as Billy's letting go. I like this scene genuinely bothers me because this is like some fucked up, you know, abuse style shit that I could see someone doing. Have you know, you this shop wood around Ryan Reynolds. No, the old <laughs> wood too. Just saying. <laughs> Bazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like some serious, serious child abuse, but also that's in the original. Right. But like that, ugh, that's really disturbing to me. And I'm sure it just, it was hitting me hard because it's like, you know, Billy's a young blonde boy. My son's a little blonde boy. Like it was just like, ah, it's, yeah, I don't like to see little kids in distress like that, but. No, yeah, not a fan. No. So we cut to George in the basement looking sick and watching home movies later that night. While watching, he sees his family's faces turn into demonic images and then the film burns. So it's that same montage video that we saw earlier. And it's just like we're going to just reuse it. Um, that night at 315, George begins hearing the whispers again and wanders around and finds the front door open. He hears a dog barking outside again, goes out, grabs an axe and makes his way to the boathouse. He looks around cautiously and suddenly a weird sped up ghost thing rushes at him out of the darkness and he attacks it with the axe. But oh shit, it was the dog. <laughs> suddenly his head clears and he sees the fact that he's killed the dog and begins crying. Don't you hate when that happens? Yeah, you know, fucking and... see in ghosts and kill your pets. Poor goldfish. <laughs> I've gone through like eight of them. <laughs> well, they got to stop turning into demons. They got John Wilkes boothed. You know? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's not fish food, it turns out. It'll kill your fish. <laughs> oh, you need to drink We're more water. into that joke. Listen to Count Creepy Head Saturday morning Monster Mash. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. So he cleans up and pretends the dog ran away. We then get another scene of George acting like a total douchebag to his wife. She wants to she wants to go and he flips out on her, telling her that everything they have is wrapped up in this house. So they can't leave. They got to stay there and continue to tough it out. And then while he's here, like all while this is happening, he's hearing whispers and is complaining about being cold. It's like, yeah, no, really, you should stay. It's all good. Yeah. Probably because I bought all this drywall. I can't leave this house now. <laughs> right. Think of all the time I spent shopping wood. <laughs> And Billy spent an entire day hauling that wood. And so now uh, Father Calloway shows up. And um, while, while George is literally screwing the window shut. Like, yeah, that's normal. Not really. He's just screwing screws into the window like a crazy person. That's true. For no rhyme or reason. They do open back up later. <laughs> well, yeah. But then they close and, and re-screw and then they can't open them again. So who knows? But... <laughs> We see uh, Kathy going to talk to Father Calloway and they're kind of walking around the house and uh, Calloway takes note of the teddy bear that Chelsea was holding when they, when he first arrived at the house. And uh, she, you know, she tells him like, oh, yeah, you know, it, it must have uh, it must have been in the house when we moved in. And he sells He tells her it couldn't have been. It belonged to Jody. 
And he goes, you know, I knew that family very well. I presided over their funeral and Jody was buried with that doll. Dun, dun, dun. Like, okay. <laughs> was that necessary? Well, even more reason to stay in this house. Exactly. <laughs> so now we get the infamous uh, priest blessing the scene and getting attacked by flies sequence. So Calloway, you know, puts his vestments on and starts blessing the house, throwing holy water around, which is sizzling. And we hear all these, you know, whispers coming out of the vents. He looks in, <laughs> a giant swarm of CGI flies attack his face. And then the voice tells him to get out. He rushes out, rushes out of the house, gets in his car. And I love it because Kathy runs out. He doesn't say a damn thing. He's just like deuces, bitches, and takes off. <laughs> he's, he's gone. Eat Jesus's dust. See ya. (laughs) That night we see all the windows fling back open in spite of the screws. The door is open in spite of the locks and the dead dog is barking again. George wakes up in the basement. Spooky voice says, catch him, kill him. He goes outside, looks at the boathouse where he hears the dog barking. The voices keep yelling at him to catch him, kill him. George just yells angrily. Like, he doesn't say anything. He's just like, and then collapses on the walkway. And we pan up to Kathy, watching him from a window, like, ah, shit, he's fucked up. Then it says, day 28. We see Kathy can't shake shake the thoughts about the murders, and George is getting more and more sick. So she goes to the local library to look up the murders. And we see, like, the montage here of voices told him to do it. They just moved, he just moved into the basement. 28 days later, he killed them all. It's like, uh-oh, it's day 28. Back this at the house. Minutes okay. four, five, six, and seven of plot. <laughs> exactly. Back at the house, George breaks the mystery wall in the basement to find ghost spooge and maggots. <laughs> like, seriously, why was there, like, ectoplasm all over the place? The jizz of a thousand ghosts. Oh, man. At the library, Kathy finds the history of the house with Reverend Jeremiah Ketchum. Oh, oh, oh. oh, God. When they revealed that, I yeah, my eyes rolled back so hard I could see my brain. It was horrible. So we get this back and forth where Kathy finds out about the evil preacher who started a mission for Native Americans. And meanwhile, George is busting down the wall in the basement that leads into the spooky ritual room from his dreams. So basically, Jeremiah tortured and murdered a bunch of natives in a variety of sick methods and then dumped their bodies in the lake. He then committed suicide by cutting his own throat to stain the land so he would live there forever. So basically, we're doing the tried and true trope of the old Indian burial ground. (sighs) It's just bad. Like, this was 2005. We could have done that. They they could have been gypsies, (laughs) Eskimos. Sure. I mean, take your pick. Long Island Eskimos. I like that. Yeah. Ancient Incans. (laughs) Orphans, you know, or like nuns, just nuns that have been in that basement for a long time. You know what they could have done is it could have been simply like, okay, yeah, the the reverend started a, a, uh, you know, a small like mission or whatever. And maybe there was a fire. A bunch of people died there. It didn't have to be like, oh, look, he's sewing their mouth shut and pulling on their testes. Like, what? 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 What's going on here? 
Back in the 1850s, they liked to dress up like ponies and do horrible things. <laughs> and they all died and their ghosts were ashamed to go to heaven because they were bronies from the 1800s. So they just hung around and did ghost stuff <laughs> there. Wouldn't you like to do some ghost stuff, George? <laughs> <laughs> Look at all my ghost spooge and maggots. Oh, Lord. Like faulty pornography. <laughs> Oh, I smell a Count Creepyhead segment. (laughs) (laughs) Faulty porn. (laughs) But so Kathy goes to to see Father Calloway. She asks him uh, why he left, and he tells her that her house terrifies him. He explains that Ronnie DeFeo came in weeks before the murders, telling him that he saw things and heard voices in that house. Calloway tells her that until yesterday, he didn't believe him. He goes on to say that, get you know, you need to get your family out of that house. Uh, while this meeting is happening, George is making his way through the Reverend's abattoir until he finds old Ketchum himself. Ketchum slits his own throat and baptizes George in blood, because why not? <laughs> but we cut to George getting a phone call from Kathy. She tells him to get the kids out of the house. He just rips the phone out of the wall and drops it. So Kathy arrives home in the third act storm because we have to have a third act storm. The kids tell her that George is out in the boathouse and she runs off to get him. We see George <laughs> in the boat spotting bodies in the water, just like with a flashlight, like, oh, there's a body. There's another one over there. And she runs. Uh, Kathy runs in. He turns on the boat propeller to chop him up. Like, what was he trying to do with the propeller? Like for <laughs> a random scare scene. Yeah, but it's like, what I want to know what his motivation was. Like, he's in there spotting bodies, and then he's like, I'm going to turn the propeller on now. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> so, Kathy comes in, he shines the light in her face, and she falls in the water, getting her hair knotted in the propeller. She slowly gasps for air and chokes as George fucks with the propeller, deciding whether or not to drown her, and then keeps seeing her face turn demon. <laughs> He gets her, he gets her out. She flips out on him, calling him crazy. And he just looks at her like, huh, look at that. She's alive. (laughs) She goes in the house to get the kids. She finds Chelsea down in the basement, along with coffins labeled for each of them. George comes in like a zombie and grabs Chelsea saying, I think she misses her daddy. Kathy grabs her daughter and George starts screaming at her that he wants to talk to her. So she, those would make good gifts, you know, for the, for the family. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> little coffins with each of them. I mean, sure, they oh. could store store their toys, you know. Mother's Day's coming up. I thought, you know, like, it's a good mommy-daughter gift for me to them. Matching yeah. coffins. You know, it's like, just for when I accidentally murder them. You know. <laughs> well, how long have you been hearing the catch them, kill them? Well, I've been hearing John Wilkes Booth telling me to kill my family for a long time now. So, you know, I, mean, I might as well get <laughs> the coffins ready. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's practical. You know, yeah. it's a useful gift. <laughs> don't, by the way, don't do that. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but Chelsea and, and Kathy go running back upstairs. She's screaming for Michael and Billy to come and help, and they all barricade the door, blocking George in the basement. George gets a shotgun and makes his way upstairs. They try to escape, but every door and window shut as they approach, trapping them. George busts his way out of the basement and then grabs Kathy and starts choking her. Billy attacks him, getting his mom free, and they, and they run. And I love it because he goes, the hell is your problem? 
these kids are out of control. And I'm like, again, I know it was supposed to be scary, but I laughed my ass off. <laughs> it was funny. And this is only like another small part I like is Billy finally standing up to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And I, I would totally put money on Billy. Oh, yeah. But the family rush upstairs. George follows with the gun. They climb out onto the roof in the rain. He shoots holes in the ceiling, just missing them a couple times. The George climbs, <laughs> climbs out after them. Billy rips a pipe out of the roof and fucking clobbers George in the jaw, sending him tumbling off the roof into the mud below. The family then, uh, they try to climb down into another window, but are greeted by the ghost preacher, who scares the hell out of them, and causes them to climb down instead on the conveniently placed chimney ladder. I have a question. If there was a chimney ladder, why the fuck didn't George use it to climb up and get to Chelsea earlier? Because Ryan's got a Reynolds. <laughs> that bugged the shit out of me. I'm like, wait, wait a second. Where did that come from? Oh, it's just not good. <laughs> it's really not good. But they get down off the off the roof. George gets up, gets the axe and comes after them. He gets a hold of Billy and he goes to kill him. Kathy puts the shotgun to his head, telling him to stop. He calmly repositions the gun onto his forehead and then fucking roars at her. <laughs> like, And again, I couldn't stop laughing because I just kept going Rawr, in my head. Like it was so dumb. He thought it was a Thundercat. <laughs> he should have yelled, ho! But <laughs> Kathy just can't bring herself to pull the trigger, even though he's threatening to chop her firstborn's head off. Like, but them abs, though. <laughs> so he goes to chop Billy's head off, and Kathy clocks him in the face with the butt of the shotgun, knocking him out where he, where he has home movie dreams, because, again, we need to reuse that footage. Kathy gets up, or I'm sorry, George gets up and hits Kathy in the stomach with the axe, like killing her. But oh, it's just a dream. George wakes up and screams for Kathy to kill him, stating, you kill me or I'll kill you. And she's like, no one's dying today. <laughs> like, it, we it should had... kill him and just put us out of our suffering. Turn this whole, end this movie as quickly as possible, please. But her delivery had that nobody puts baby in the corner vibe yeah. to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so they tie George up and drag him to the boat where we get a spooky montage vision of, of all the ghosts and, and uh, the, all the ghosts and the murders and the blood baptism and the shaky sped up movement. It basically looks like a tool video. <laughs> like It's just it's uh, it's total music video stuff. So they get him in the boat and they take off after they get far enough away from the house. George kind of comes back and tells Kathy to not look at the house and just keep going. They sail off into the sunrise and we get the text crawl. After 28 days, the Lutz family fled Amneville. They never returned for their personal possessions. We then zoom in on the house and see sad ghost Jody. She screams and does that annoying face twitch thing. The house all goes back to normal. The clock rewinds to 3.15 a.m., we see Jody standing there as a single tear runs down her face, and then she's pulled through the floor by spooky ghost arms. The end. So are you saying there's still a kiss poster there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Might have to go to Amityville. But like, what was the fucking point of that ending with Jody? Like, oh, feel bad. She's still getting like tortured by Reverend Ketchum. Like I don't, it, I, I don't know. 
<laughs> so what about bad. the rest of the family? Right. Uh, where are they? It's just a creepy ghost girl who likes to hang herself for fun, apparently. <laughs> She's into some co- weird stuff. Only to cock block people. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's just so... You don't actually ever see Ketchum. No. So, well, you... my money, it's just the ghost girl trying to get him out of the house. This is a total Beetlejuice. <laughs> She's like, get out of my house, man. She's just like, these people suck. Ryan Reynolds doesn't wear deodorant. I'm going <laughs> to spook them until they're gone. Or dead. <laughs> Frog boy freaks me the hell out. I'm going to use my spooky ghost powers and whisper into the vents and go like, catch a bread fan. Whatever all the Metallica stuff she throws at him until they leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I don't get it. I don't get it and I don't like it. This movie no, just is not good. It's like you could have done a lot better. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, the original is arguably a good haunted house movie. Like, it's, yeah, it's got some cheesy moments like the weird pig. You know, there, there's some bad effects, you know, by today's standards. But overall, it's a good, it's a good film. It's no you know? Amityville 3D. <laughs> what about Amityville Dollhouse? But, all right, really, if you look back at, like, movies of the early 2000s that were remakes, mm-hmm. it was all over the place of, like, oh, yeah good or bad um or like just good enough which yeah. means it's forgettable which isn't good i um, feel like that happened the most yeah and i think amityville is comes close to just good enough but in hindsight it's not it's bad but see and i, and I still stand by my statement from the from the start of the film is that it's bad because it's boring yeah, it's they, it's a serviceable film like it's got good acting. It has OK enough effects. You know, there is a a, a, a fault like you can follow the plot just fine, you know, but it's boring. There's no reason to watch it. I think like if I met somebody and like, oh, you like horror movies, I like horror movies. And you always have an inevitable. What's your favorite horror movie? Uh-huh. You know, and like you would say, oh, I like Return of Living Dead. And if a person said. I like the Amityville horror remake. That's my favorite horror movie. Then immediately you're just like angry butthead face. Can't be <laughs> friends with you. Yeah, that would that one would be hard to reconcile. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you have horrible taste in movies. We can't be friends. Because it, it's not even good in a funny, bad kind of way. It's just no. there. Well, see, and this is one of those things. I was thinking about this last week with with uh, with Fright Night. Um, you know. I often try to defend everything. Like I try to look like, what was the point of this film? What were the, what were like, let me put myself in the mind frame of the people making this film and see if they succeeded in what they set out to do. doesn't matter if I personally like it or not. Can I understand what they were trying to do? And do I think they succeeded in that? And there's a lot of times where I'm like, yeah, it's not my cup of tea, but I get it. You know, like I've said before, I'm not a fan uh, of the last Jedi at all. But I get it. I get why people like it. So I can I can usually do that. These types of films where they're just boring, I can't defend it because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's got good actors. It's got a, you know, serviceable script. But fuck, it, this is it was a total cash grab. Yeah, they knew that they would make a profit on the title alone. And all they had to do was just enough. Oh, it's, so it's sad. Yeah, word of mouth. The only thing they didn't do 
which would have been like they're really ensuring that people go see it as if there was boobs in it. Yeah. But I'm thinking they were like, well, we got to play this on cable. Right. So that's my only guess, because it, it played on Sci-Fi Channel for like 10 years. Apparently. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say with, with the trivia, there, there was a section in here. Uh, apparently, like they um, they never contacted the Lutz family about the remake. And um, initially, George Lutz tried to sue him. You know, over it, but uh, he ended up passing away before the film came out. So, or no, I'm sorry, That's... he died in 2006 before the court case was settled. Oh, yeah, shame. So it was like, yeah, well, yeah, we don't, uh, we don't owe you shit. He's suing them Again. over a story that he made up. Exactly. <laughs> Creator rights, damn it. <laughs> um, I'm sure you guys noticed this, but. Ryan Reynolds wore special contact lenses in many scenes to make his eyes seem black. Yep. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't really look at his eyes when his giant man tits were hanging out all the time. <laughs> uh, apparently, Chloe Gla- uh, I'm going to say that again. Chloe Grace Moretz did most of her own stunts despite only being eight years old. Like, she really was, like, trying to get into it. They were allowing her to do some of the stuff. Because she's a fucking badass. Right. Like, <laughs> you could see Hit Girl in the making. Yeah, she's Hit Girl. She's one of those actors that, like, if she's in the movie, I'm probably going to watch it. Yeah. It's just, like, I like everything she does is, like, a believable... I hope she keeps working. I hope she doesn't get that, like, you're too old curse. Yeah. And get, like, aged out of roles, because I'll keep watching her. I don't think she so. will. I think she she's one of the child actors who have successfully transitioned into adulthood roles. Like, cause she's, yeah. she, she's still getting a lot of work and she hasn't allowed herself to become like overly sexualized. No, not at all. Like she's like, I'm not going to take my clothes off to keep being in movies. I will go to these director red box films instead. If I have to, I don't care. Right. So, so she's, she's a really good actor. Yeah. Honestly, she probably gives the best performance in the movie. Sorry, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. No, I'd actually agree with you there. Or, you know, frog boy. <laughs> oh, frog boy. Um, the, this again, like it, it doesn't matter, but it's in the trivia. Uh, Ryan Reynolds chose not to become close with the movie children. So basically he would stay away from the kids when they weren't filming. Um, cause he didn't want them to get too attached to him when he had to be mean to him. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah. You, they probably just sucked. <laughs> right. You're probably playing like your, your PlayStation Vita and your trailer or whatever the hell he did back in 2005. Right now, I have two bullshit alerts that I that I I didn't take the time to look up this first one. It, it could actually be real, but just before shooting started, the body of a fisherman who had been murdered washed up on the bank of the river right by the main house. Could be bullshit. I don't care enough to actually look it up. Did they but film it, it in, in Long Island, or was it like shot in Canada? I'm not sure. Huh. But yeah, apparently there was there was a murder. Um, according to the credit or according to the trivia, at least. And then this is the one where I'm like, oh, I call bullshit during filming. Many cast and crew members began waking up at 315 a.m. Bullshit. No, <laughs> I don't know that for a second. No, but when I saw that, I started laughing. I'm like, I got to bring that up. That's such bullshit. Did they wake up at 315 and question their career choices? Like, do I want to be an actor anymore? 
they just woke up like, ah, oh, Ryan Reynolds abs. Oh shit. Yeah. I'll go back to being an underwear model. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell Scooby gear. This wasn't worth it. <laughs> Damn frog boy, I can't get him out of my head. Catch him, kill him. Yeah. <laughs> I'd wake oh, up and just be like, really? Catch him, kill him. That's in the scripts. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Oh God. <laughs> like maybe there's something the WB I can get a job on. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 just not a good film, people. Like this is. I feel bad because this is like the second movie in a row. I really can't recommend. You did this, people. <laughs> you picked this. Enjoy your punishment. Oh, like. I can't even get like all hyped up like I did with the strangers where I was angry about it. This I'm just like, eh. I'm yeah. just bleh. This movie's like cold meatloaf. <laughs> you're just like, bleh. you'll eat it because you're hungry, but you're just like, bleh. what's this film on this? What is this? Is this congealed fat? I don't know. I will for I will be using that description now for a lot of things. Cold because meatloaf. Yes. That fits so damn well. It's just, yeah. You know, it's just like, uh, it's serviceable, but I don't really like it. You know, you're getting lunch at school and they just give you meatloaf that's been out for a few hours. It's not warm anymore. You're hungry. You take it. Yep. That's it's this got movie. the calories that you need. <laughs> Mom didn't want to cook dinner tonight and she just wants to go drink on the couch. So she's not going to cook that meatloaf. She's just going to throw it on a plate in front of you because you're out of kid cuisine. And you're going to eat it. Yep. Blech. That's Ugh. Amityville Horror. Maurice, what about you? You got any final thoughts on this? <laughs> yep, don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can all agree there. Don't buy it to watch it. Yeah, don't be like me. Don't buy it. Sadly, all three of us own this. <laughs> Go to your local library. Maybe they can find it. I can't even say like this was like, oh, hey, I found it at the dollar store. No, like I, I bought this when it came out. <laughs> yeah. So, this like, has yeah, been I, in my collection for 19 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a few films like that. Sadly, I actually own the Fog remake. That's. God damn. Yeah. But I didn't see it in the theater. I bought it when it came out. Thinking Same. I like it. I I know exactly when I saw it. I have all the feelings when I got out of the theater. I went to the Regal at the Walden Galleria with my then girlfriend. Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, I mean, I love the fog. So even if they do a bad job, it's going to be like, you know, the math of it. It's got to be great. Right. And when my then girlfriend at the time was like, I thought it was good. In the back of my mind, I was just like, this relationship isn't going to work. <laughs> This is this is ending right here. You just you just took her our relationship out behind the shed and shot it in the head. Because that's easily one of the worst remakes of all time. Oh god, like, yes. A movie with no redeeming qualities Mm-mm. whatsoever. It's I only ever watched it that one time. I, I did the same thing you did, Maurice. I bought it because I was like, oh, I missed this in the theater. And it was this is back when, like, you know, uh, it was a Columbia House or whatever that directed. You know, you could order the DVDs. Yeah. Um, I had that. So it was like this was one of those like, oh, I can get these four films for 20 bucks. I'll throw that in there. And uh, yeah, I I felt ripped off. 
Like, it was just horrible. The worst part was the first time I started to watch it, I fell asleep. Like, that's how bored I was. I actually fell asleep and missed the, the rest of it and then had to sit down and watch it again. Or I should say watch it to its completion, but I started it over. I was like, oh, that's the, that's that's it. That's the only time I ever watched yeah. it. <laughs> uh, a movie with zero redeeming qualities. You can't even hate watch it. It's just bad. I mean, if we ever come back around to uh, movies we hate round two, um, I could see that, you know, having a shot at coming back on the show because I know both Reese and I hate it. So I you can't even like have fun hating it. It's (laughs) it's just there. It's just boring. And it killed Tom Welling's career. Like, yeah, I don't really think he is. worked again until they had that crisis uh, on the WB with uh, Maurice would know what I'm talking about, where he came back as Superboy briefly. Like, I don't think he got any oh, work. Yeah. Just yeah. harpooned everything. <laughs> like, poor guy. So, yeah, I, I think he's, I don't know, maybe he does like telenovela something or he just stays at home and cries now. I don't know. <laughs> I used to be Superman. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I think uh, we've said all we can say about how much this movie is not good. But uh, for those of you not following us on the old social medias, check us out on the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Maurice handles our Twitter. And what is that good, sir? At Boogeyman's the... Thank you very much. Uh, We also have a Patreon, which uh, is $3 a month. It's Boogeyman's Closet on Patreon. $3 $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes, as well as an exclusive episode each month. Um, higher tiers will get you stuff in the mail and and uh, get you a chance to pick birthday movies and other stuff. Um, so check that out if you're interested. We are also part of the Rad Pantheon Network. It's a bunch of rad people doing rad stuff. Lots of cool artists, musicians, and other podcasters. So if you like this show and want to hear other shows that are similar, check out RadPantheon.com and Rad Pantheon all over the socials. And Mike, I'm going to toss it over to you to give some plugs uh, for the Rad Pantheon. Jeez, listen to Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash. If you want some context for all of my weird John Wilkes Booth jokes, <laughs> and uh, also check out Heretic Party if you want some funny religious-based humor for uh, ex-apostates, I think is how they call it. But it's great. It's hilarious. I don't think there's anything else to listen to right now as far as podcasts go, but uh, plenty, plenty to keep you busy. There are, by the time you listen to this, there's going to be 45 full length episodes of Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Multiply that by 2.5 and you get many hours of listening. Indeed. Like over 100, <laughs> probably. My I can't believe bad. we're already at 45. That's that's crazy. I know. But. I probably because I don't take a lot of breaks and I should take more. <laughs> well, I mean, but between uh between this and uh Count Creepyhead and Raised by Rentals, like there's a lot of me talking on the internet. There, so. you know, if you want to <laughs> just lull yourself to sleep with the sweet sweet sounds of Mike Alvarez's voice, go <laughs> on Rad Pantheon because you're on every podcast pretty much. <laughs> I have not been on on Heretic Party or Horrified Chicken yet, but one day I will be on Horrified Chicken. I know that. <laughs> it's it'll happen sooner than later. Don't worry. <laughs> but all right, guys, uh, 
For those of you that want to watch our next movie before we cover it, it's going to be The Crazies. It's episode 144, The Crazies, from I believe it was 2010. Um, so not to give anything away, but a remake that I actually do remember enjoying. Now, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So maybe it's going to follow the same pattern as the last two movies. I don't know. Well, but... you can at least say that the crazies is better than the Romero original, which has a lot of shortcomings. Yeah. Yes, it does. But uh, tune in next week to find out our thoughts on that. So, all right, guys, as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at The Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you.